thank y'all for joining us. See, Dean and I have this issue, girls, that um we all we can't figure out who wants to go first. So we figure out this way. We had cards playing originally. Don't worry about that. So we got a nickel because we couldn't find a quarter because you know our life is pretty baller. We don't have frivolous changes laying around the house. But she's gonna flip the nickel. The Williams clan is gonna fit, flick a, a quarter, and we're gonna see who goes first. All right. Yeah. Got tails. Hold on. We got tails over here. What you got? Tails on the floor. We got evens, buddy. All right. Whatever. Well, thank you, ladies, for helping us out. Thank Let's you, start Mom. the show. Thank you. I told you to flip it the other way, didn't I? <laughs> Tell everybody bye. Say bye. bye. That's All my right. beautiful daughter, Annika. Annika oh. Najay Williams with Amari, my little niece. Yeah, baby. Give it on the Yeah, this is just Amari. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Let's Talk with Gales and Dean. I'm your host, Gales. I'm your guy, the insane Mr. Dean, paying homage to Chad with Bozen. Mm. Wakanda forever, baby. R.I.P. So as y'all saw, we uh, for sure R.I.P. As y'all saw, we had our beautiful daughters Annika and or sorry Annika. I don't know why I made a Russian Annika. We had our beautiful daughters Annika and Amari uh, flipped. We did the odds and even, and so Dean, you won to go first, so let's go ahead and get it. Take this mask off first, man. Mm. Y'all see how the room brighten up when I take that mask off? Weird, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm starting off today, man, a little bit of motivation, man. Um, go with whatever you got planned to do in life. I don't care how many people hate on you. I don't care how many people say you can't do it. I don't care how many people say whatever you, whatever your business uh, aspiration is, you're going to fail. It ain't going to be good. You ain't no good. Let that motivate you to do great. Let that motivate you to take off. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't let that down you because we got a lot of people in the world. That's what they want to do. They want to down you because they can't do what you're trying to do. Mm. So they're going to say, well, well, your show going to fail. You're not going to do good at sports. Your business, you're trying to start this Fortune 500 company. It ain't going to happen because you only had $1,000 to do it. Let that be gasoline to your dead gum truck and you start that some go and you keep driving until it ain't no end no more. I, you know, I, I've been told a couple of times, man, that I wasn't going to be successful. And did I really let that bother me? No, but did I really just take a step and look back and let that drive me? Mm. No, nah, I kind of was like, whatever, man. It'll come when it come. But over this quarantine and everything, man, I just sat back and thought and, like, thought to myself, I got more to bring to the table than what I've really been doing, man. And my partner in crime right here, Mr. Gales, came up with this idea of this podcast, man. And we said it, talked about it, man. And I don't know if I was as serious about it. He'd probably tell you I wasn't. Uh, when we did our trial run, man, it, it was he was serious. It was basically, me, I was joking around and stuff. Uh, my language was a little bad and everything because I didn't know where it can go. But as I sat over and thought about it, and I watched other people podcasts, local and uh, professional podcasts. Shout out to all podcasts, and and I seen his brain parts of it and my silliness 
it could go together and man, we could do something. So we got this show off the ground. Uh, it ain't to where we want to have it, but it's going to get there. I'm a firm believer in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trust in the man upstairs that he got our back and we're going to do this. And I don't care if Billy Bob or Suzanne say we ain't going to do it. That's motivating me to do it more because you ain't going to stop our grind. This is what we're going to do. It, this ain't no I and team team right here that one is better than the other. We came together. I give Jeremy as much props as I can. This guy is the brain behind the operation. Him and, and his wife, my uh, our producer, they are the brains. They are the muscle behind the thing. I just show up and work. And, I mean, all all the stuff they do behind the scene, man, hell, if I wasn't bald, I'd be bald trying to pull my head out as y'all do it. So I give them all the props. And I and I thank y'all for, you know, considering me to be your partner in crime to do this. And no, I didn't take it serious at first. But I'm serious about it now, man. We're going to blow up, buddy. We're going to blow up fast what you think. Um, to the people who don't like our show, keep watching because <laughs> it's only going to get better. To the ones who love Stick our show, with us. thank you. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate Absolutely. our love. And it's only going to get better, man. We ain't looking back now. We're looking forward. We started something. We ain't going to finish. We've been friends, partners in crime since we were 11, 12 years old. Um, I do believe things happen for a reason. Mm. We had aspirations to doing other things like playing ball. That didn't go through. And now the man upstairs said, I got another plan for y'all. We're going to run with this plan, buddy, and we're going to get this going. That's my motivation speech to everybody out there. Don't stop what you got. If you got something planned to do, if you got aspirations, don't let nobody, nothing stop you. It might not work right then and there, but it's going to give it time. And you keep the man upstairs in your prayers and believe in him, it's going to work. Let's get to the show. All right, man. Appreciate all the big ups. And, you know, shout out to you. You're in the middle of moving. You got a lot going on. You got a family there. It's a lot. And I appreciate the time that you put in as well. Uh, I think we can really look at um, – well, shout out. We're going to give a quick shout out to American Man. I think I'm saying that right. Like Murray County, American Man. Oh, your boy, uh, <laughs> Terrell. <laughs> Terrell. Um both of us, like we did some boxing training together, very small amount. Hey, he know he know what he's doing. He helped me out when I was in there. Yeah. He helped me out a lot, man. Like some some things that I was doing that I was doing okay. Terrell, uh, he showed me some techniques, and actually it was better. Actually, mm-hmm. it helped me save my win because I was doing more of a power. He was like, bro, you gonna wear yourself down. So big shout out to Terrell, man. The dude know what he's talking about in the boxing thing. He's a he's a quiet villain, but. I wouldn't mess with him. He is absolutely <laughs> a villain. Terrell, if you are listening, you are absolutely a villain. You know why. All right. So, uh, same focus as boxing is what he, he put in the post for us. It's kind of this idea of every once you get into the ring, on the field, on the court, the cheering, the booze, and all that stuff, it's just ambient noise, right? It's just something in the background. You don't even listen to it. Because if you do start picking up things and listening, that means you're not 100% focused on what you're doing. And so that's what I want to tack on to what Dean is saying. You know, shout out to American Man. I'm sure I'm butchering that. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely check out the Fermenting Opinions podcast, man, because I'm all about having a little debate, especially if it's grounded in facts. And we're going to go through a lot. We have a lot to talk about on this episode because so much is going on. And I know we had a, a struggle. Almost went on in the past. Week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the title of this week's episode right here, somewhere, uh, Be Mad and Work. 
Be mad and work. All right, we're going to start yeah. off. Uh, first off, man, this Chad, Chadwick Boseman thing, how crazy is that? Bro, let me tell you, man. Uh, like you said, I'm in the process of moving, man. So we was out uh, we was out in Missouri, man. And I just woke up the thing Saturday morning, man. And I seen that. It, it crowed, and I'm like, what? And, um, man, shocking, man. Like, I, I didn't even know this dude was sick, man. Like, he didn't tell nobody. I guess he told people that were very close to him and, and was out of respect. They didn't let nobody know. Mm. Um, none of the paparazzi, none of the TMZ, nobody had this information, man. This dude showed up and did a hell of a job on movies, man. Yeah. He battled this for four years, never complained, never even looked like it, man. This dude would, um, it's crazy, man. Like, how, how do you go through that? Like, I've never had cancer. My daddy had it. Mm. So, you know, just from him telling me how it is and them chemo, how it wear you down, this dude still came and showed up to work and did great things. Showed up to graduations and spoke. Showed up at uh, at, at games, talk shows, mm. and never did complain about it, man. Uh, you know that's why I say, man, um, the the power in the man upstairs, bro. I'm telling you, people, if you don't believe in it, you better believe in it, cause I, I just don't think if he didn't believe in that, he would have been able to do that. Mm. None of us knew. So, None of us so- knew. They hit home, man, because. It hit home, because that dude, man, he, he's a hell of an actor, man. So, for people who don't know out there, Chadwick Boseman is in, has been in such movies like Marshall, The Five Bloods. Uh, he played James Brown and Get On Up, I believe. He played uh, 42. He was in he was in 42, playing Jackie Robinson. And yeah, probably Robinson. the most notable yep. thing is he's playing uh, King T'Challa uh, of the, in The Black Panther. He also being The Black Panther. And he was, he died on... Wakanda Forever. Say again? Wakanda Forever, baby. Wakanda Forever. Yeah, got to put, put one of those in there. Uh, so he was, he died in, uh, in um, let's see, it was August 28th. And he's been dealing with this, I think, stage three cancer, uh, colon cancer, since 2016. And during that time, I think he did about 13 films and was about to start another before he died. So lots of love and shout out to that guy, man. I mean, if you think about some of the uh, some of the parts he played, man, Jackie Robinson, the third good Marshall, man. If you know your history, and uh, you know the struggles that them two dudes went through through segregation, man, and, and made it work. Jackie Robinson, um, first black major league baseball player, went through a lot, man. Went through a lot um, to do that, man. That I don't know if any other person would have even dealt with. They would have just gave it up. But the way he played that part, man, he played it to the T. Third good Marshall, man, he played it to the T. James Brown, hell, he walked, talked, danced, and did everything like James Brown. You don't just learn that overnight, man. That's a, that's a, that's a God given talent gift to you, man. And a lot of people don't know, man. Denzel Washington, man, he paid for his drama class at his college. Wow. Denzel Washington seen something in him. So you know, for Denzel, which is for 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 uh, the black community. I put Denzel and Samuel as our top two leading actors of all time. Mm. For Denzel to see something in you, man, you was a special person. And he, he will be missed, man. Yeah. He will be missed, man. So he died at 42. How bad do you feel about yourself right now? Like, for other people who are that age or older, like, man, that black does not crack. And in crazy shape. I'm, I'm about to really get this, this uh, exercise regime packed down. 
Because I really thought I was like, he's 42? Like, I didn't even, you know, see that he was 42, you know? I'm going to send you the, I'm gonna send you the workout plan, baby. We're going to oh, zoom Lord. in yeah, I, I said the wrong thing. Zoom, I can keep you motivated to do it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, as usual, we like to get into our next topic. Um, we always touch on sports. Um, football has started, kind of. Have you been watching any football? Kinda. Uh, I, I caught um, I caught a high school game yesterday. Mm. Uh, Knoxville Catholic and uh, Trinity out of Texas. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Knoxville Catholic T. Martin uh, son is the quarterback there. T. Martin was Tennessee quarterback when they beat us in the national championship game, '98. Tennessee beat Florida State, but uh, T. Martin put on the show. Him and Pierre Spice had a hell of a connection i mean it, it was unbelievable uh deon sanders his son um shador i think i'm saying it right shador sanders is a five-star quarterback that's already committed to fau um would have committed to florida state uh if it hadn't been for willie tagger leaving but willie tagger left and went to fau so he committed down there um hell of a quarterback man but uh I watched that game yesterday uh it was pretty good but i i watched the college game uh also, last night, it was Austin P versus uh, somebody. They only allowed 3,000 fans in the stadium. And what was so cool, um, they focused on the game, but they also took it and focused on the crowd, how they had people uh, distance, people had masks and stuff on. Uh, it was pretty cool. But you could tell in the football game that they didn't get to have a regular offseason, man. Guys was cramping up. Guys were tired. Uh in the second quarter, the play got real sloppy, uh, bad snap over top of the head. And so, you know, you could tell they didn't really get the offseason that they need because that's some of the things, that's some of the problems that you um, you don't really have because you work on them so many countless right. hours during a regular offseason and during this pandemic, they didn't get to do it. But just to have football back, man, it, it ain't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It ain't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I like it, man. Even with 3,000 people in the stands, I mean, it, it's enough to hear them, man. It, it's pretty cool. But they, they did it right, and everybody's safe. They had everybody's social distance in the stand with the mask and stuff on. Coaches got masks and things on on the sidelines. So as long as everybody uh, stay safe, man, I, I'm liking it. Yeah, yeah. And I hope, like I said last week, man, I just hope science is wrong, I'm wrong, all these people are wrong. Um, yeah, I just we'll, – we'll see how this all shakes out. Yeah. Uh, most um, for those of you who are not, for those of you not familiar with the story, it's an old one. It's a sad one. It's something that we must continue to highlight and talk about in order to get something done. Um, you had an unarmed black man get shot seven times by one officer, severing his spinal cord. He hasn't died or anything. They're saying that the spinal cord is severed, um, so most likely he won't be able to ever walk again. In the van, uh, I don't have all the details. I know he admitted to police beforehand. I guess we start from the beginning. There was a call that went out of a, a domestic dispute between two women. And I guess this gentleman was actually trying to break up the fight. Now, there's a, a amount of time that goes by that we don't really have details of. Something happened to where uh, I'm guessing they tried to tase him. And the taste fell, and then he's walking. Now, mind you, he's admitted that he had a knife in the car, uh, but he didn't have it on him or anything like that. Um, so the taste happens. He's, you see, see him in the video walking around his van, and he looks to be kind of like staggering. I don't know if it's from the taste or, or what. 
But you have you have three yeah. officers visibly in the video with their guns drawn and trained on them. That's a way of saying pointed or aimed at him. And so he opens the front door. You can see him kind of lean forward. And during this time, the guy is like holding the shirt. And at point blank range, just opens fire on this guy seven times. Um, in front of in his, front, in front of yes, he had kids. three children. The event was a. I think his son was turning eight. So, yeah. that's the that's kind of the the gist of it. Police did try to you know make sure they revived him and kept his heart going and uh, administrating some medical things in order to keep him alive and had him life flighted. Um. So the officer has been put on some sort of leave. He hasn't been arrested or charged uh, as of right now of this taping. We tape on Sunday mornings. Of course not. Um, so right now it's uh, August 30th, Sunday morning. Uh, so the protest happened, of course. And then you have a situation while during the protest, and I'll, please feel free to fact check me. Uh, there are some militias that were forming. And part of this militia was a 17-year-old person who, I guess, drove across uh, state lines in order to, I guess, protect property from the protesters. And the, yeah. the thing from the articles that I saw, what they found was that this 17-year-old, I guess, was seeing a man. I don't know if he was actually involved in the uh, looting or whatever, destruction of property. And he shot that person in the head. Mm -hmm. And then as people gave chase to him and yelling, saying, hey, he just killed somebody. He's got a gun. He just killed somebody. And they're saying, get him. And all you can hear it on the video. And he's running. And as you know, people catch up to him, they kind of knock him down. And as he's in a seated position, he opens fire. So he fires at one, turns to a couple of others. So he kills a second person and injures a, a third. As he's walking away from the scene, uh, police are responding to the gunshots and are driving towards towards this guy who's got the, I believe it's an AR-15 shot coming across his chest. He's got his hands raised. Yeah. And the police kind of just like get out the way sort of thing so they can respond to what they perceive the bigger threat, which was the protesting crowd. Uh, this this yeah. guy was not arrested till the next day. And he has been arrested and charged. But it really opens up a lot. And so basically Milwaukee and a bunch of other people joined them in solidarity. Obviously LeBron and the Clippers and there's a lot of anger. And they have decided to resume play. But they just wanted known that we want something to change. This cannot continue to happen. No. So what are your no. thoughts on that? I know that's, that was a long story, but what are your thoughts on that? Uh, no, you, man, you know, you made all good points. Uh, big shout out to the NBA. Yeah. Milwaukee Bucks, LeBron James, Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, seen a couple of MLB teams not play. Man, uh, this shit got to stop, man. Like it, it, this shit hit home, man. Like how many more? How many more? We got to lose before something is done. Fortunately, Mr. Blake didn't die, but his whole life unchanged. Uh, he's paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. He'll never be able to. He'll never be able to walk with his kids no more. He'll never be able to go out and train them in sports. He'll never be able to, you know, or walk his daughter down the aisle. He have, you know, what I'm saying he have to do it in a wheelchair. Mm. You shot the man four times in the back, man, close man from his kids. How hard is it? Seven that, times. Seven, seven times. I'm so, seven times. How hard is it that, yeah. man? 
just because you got on a just because you got on a blue uniform and a badge, they give you the right that you can just shoot us for no damn reason. So I've seen videos. It, it just like so for me, and, and you and you yourself too, Jeremy. We're, we're not small guys, um, so if we get pulled over. We are really a threat. Okay, we got these two big black guys. You know, call for backup. Get out the car. You don't get out. You you make one mistake, sneeze, you might get shot. And we got to worry about this shit. But you know, like I said, man, I'm I'm a firm believer in the man upstairs. So if it's my time, it's my time. But I that don't mean I go drive by a cop and do nothing dumb. But still, when you drive by, like that's why I try not to drive late at night. Mm. Past ten o'clock, man, I don't even try to drive. Like I'm I'm in the house. Cause you never know that they give you a reason. And if I do, if I do drive, I'm on the main road. I'm not getting pulled over on no back alley and nothing like that. But hell, it, it don't even look like they're stopping them mm. no more. You, you could be, you could be a Walmart parking lot. They're going to shoot you down. So what's going to happen when people start retaliating against cops? Cause people going to get tired of this shit. What's going to happen then? We can, we got to get, get into that. About Sorry. We can get into that kind of dialogue or we can say, what can we do to fix the actual issue? Because you can look at it on yeah. a micro level and say, hey, man, people going to get tired. They're going to start firing back and fighting police, which is, we're out main, out main, under train. Um, I think, so there's the micro, which is these little bitty pockets of what we should do, what we can do. And then there's the macro, which just means what's the larger picture. How these officers yeah. operate. I think is a bigger issue. There are so many things and we'll get to some of them in throughout the show. There are so many different things that are written into a police policy until in local state and national policy that allows them to not only do this, but to not have to serve any time for it. All right. So, you know, it's like, I was talking to, um, I was talking to a younger kid at work. A while back, um, he used to be in a he used to be in a gang. He transferred down there from Michigan somewhere. Anyway, he used to be in a gang or whatever. And um, he was talking about it. You know, I I don't really think he was involved heavy as as heavy in as he used to be, but he's still in it. And you know, he he was talking. You know, I got if anything happened, I got my gang. I, like I, I like I said, I told him I said, look at it, little brother. Cause he was like a little brother to me. It was like our mentor. He was like a little brother to me. He was young, about twenty. 23, 24. I said, your gang you in, y'all might be big. I said, but the United States got a big-ass gang, and they call cops. And they're not giving a damn about putting one in somebody who looks like me and you for no reason and getting away with it. Mm-hmm. So you got to get away from that. You know, they're going to you, – you'll be targeted quick. You walk around with your bandana on. They're throwing up your set. They they come a few quicker. They already saying, well, they killing each other, so we might as well kill them. Mm. They're killing each other, so we might as well go ahead and take care of them. And so like and what I was trying to explain to him, man, all cops are not bad. And I, I believe that. All cops are not bad. Um, one of our good friends' dad is a cop, man. A teammate. Like we got a pops. teammate cop. I got Name a brother-in-law who's oh, yeah. an officer. Yeah. Yeah. So all cops ain't bad. But you got some that is, man. They don't give a damn, and and they that badge make them. They think they invisible. They think they powerful. They think they take you away. So what I was trying to explain to them, yeah, okay, it's cool you using the game, but always remember, as a bigger game, and they got 
they got government backing them that if they take you out, you won't get in trouble. You won't get in trouble. I mean, they won't get in trouble. I'm sorry, they won't get in trouble. So you got to keep that in mind, man. And you got to carry yourself a certain way now because I don't want to see no more of, of our people getting killed to police brutality. That's like when I see a lot of... Um, when I see a lot of black on black crime, man, people posting this shit, I'm like, don't don't do that, like, don't do that, man, because that that's giving some of these cops. They like, well, they out there fighting, they out there killing each other, they down here doing this, so shit, we might as well do it for them. So quit, if you listen out there, quit posting them videos, post positive shit. Don't post no negative stuff about us fighting each other. Don't post no shit about somebody having shoots out and shit, because that's making it a way that. And some of these cops eyes, well, they like, well, they killing each other any fucking way. So let's go ahead and do it for them. No, we got we got to turn the tables. And I'm talking to my people now. I don't care if I'm stepping on toes, nothing. We got to turn the table, man. We post these videos of girls fighting. We we post these videos of of, of of homies fighting and jumping or or at a party or something shootout. Quit posting all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Quit posting all this stuff. Start posting some positive stuff. Because as long as you posting this negative shit. And cops are seeing this. Mm. That's giving them a reason to be like, well, they doing it anyway, so let's do that for them. Well, it's one of those things, Dean. Don't condole it. It's one of those things that we talked about, right? Micro versus macro. That's a small small problem compared to everything else. Because why is the violence happening, right? We can go go forever talking about the lack of education, resources, the funding – all these things, and, and I like what you said. Like we can't worry about stepping on toes. We gotta talk and speak the truth, which is, I mean. Yeah. So let's let's go back to the NBA for a moment, because you have a lot of they got a lot of backlash. Like, well, if they care so much, they're millionaires. Won't they contribute to their own community? Like hey, the, uh, the basketball uh, players, the basketball players, they absolutely do a lot of yeah. stuff that is contractually obli- an obligation. But then there's a ton of people. Like, if you look at Cam Newton, and they talk about his clothes and all this kind of stuff, all his teammates love him. This dude is popping up at hospitals and different places and seeing people on the street and just giving them wads of cash and helping them with school supplies without looking for any sort of public recognition. So I I really want to push back on that idea. And then just real quick, Dean, going through the NBA, um, Two hundred and fifty-five million dollars they've collected so far on the, uh, I think it's player escrow. All right, if it would, if this protest would have continued, you know that's three hundred eighty million dollars. Three hundred eighty million. All right, just to put that in perspective. That that means LeBron James per his contract will lose around eight million dollars. And don't worry, folks. We'll put a bunch of links up that way you can do your own research as well. But that's eight million dollars from one player. Okay, NBA owners are doing a lot, but I think what the NBA is really asking is three questions. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? And are you with us? And I shout out to um, the commissioner there, man. He, every step of the way, seems to try his best to do the best he can for the most people. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Dean? Um, Adam Silver, man. I tell you, man, this dude right here, the things he have done uh, for like social justice since he took over the NBA, he was put there for a reason. Why? Why this guy wasn't here years ago? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, rest, rest, rest in heaven, uh, 
David Stern, he did nothing like that. He did nothing like that. Um, Adam Silver, man, he he does a lot. He does a lot, and um, watch out, Joe. No, he does a lot, and I, I mean, I you got to take your hat off to him. But going back to you saying NBA players were taking backlash, um, I, I like to, I got to speak out on this, man, because this, this, when I heard this the other day, it pissed me off. As you know, I'm not a LeBron fan. A lot of people know me know I'm not a LeBron fan. But the one thing I can say about LeBron that I do like is he will speak out. Mm. Um, he will speak on social justice. He don't care what type of backlash he take. He's going to do it. For Jason Woodlock to sit up there and call LeBron James a bigot was sickening to our damn community. And he did it on his show. Jason Woodlock? I don't think I saw that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He called LeBron a bigot. I'm going to tell you like it, Jason Woodlock. I don't know you. And I know uh, me and Mr. Gale, our show ain't big enough to get this out there. But uh, somebody repost this, reshared anything. Just because a man speaking out for what he believes in and you saying he's spoiled because he's a millionaire and playing basketball, do not make him a bigot. LeBron came from a struggle, one mother bringing him up. He's seen all the wrong that can be done. He has a damn platform to speak his mind, and he's doing that. A lot of NBA players before him had the same platform to speak their mind, and they wouldn't do this. And I'm talking about my favorite player, Mr. Michael Jordan himself. He didn't do it. LeBron is on that same platform right now, and he's doing it. So you calling him a bigot is spitting in his face of him, his family, and his friends. Because hmm. although I'm not a fan of the guy on the court, he's not a damn bigot. He speaks his mind. He got freedom of speech. He ain't going to shut up and dribble. And you don't like that because he's speaking out. So this is my message to Jason Woodlock. Like I said, I don't even know you. Check yourself next time you look in the mirror. And think about what you said about him. Because ain't nothing he did is bigotry. He's speaking out. And he's doing the right thing. And I did not appreciate that. that you said. I think a lot of people, because you can be on two sides of this thing. You can be, um, or I guess you can have some, I think it's, um, you can think about how this makes you feel personally, but there's a psychological thing out there that says that if it doesn't happen in your backyard, it's hard for most people to really understand how people outside of your bubble, right, no pun intended, how they see things and view things and why they feel the way they feel and do the things that, that they do. Um, you have to actually train yourself. I think that's why it's so important for people to move around sometimes. Sometimes it's good to leave your hometown just so you can get a different perspective of how other people live. Uh, but mm-hmm. you have some people who just are looking at their own backyard and saying, hey, I ain't never had any trouble with police officers. I know one or two good black people. What's wrong with this person? This person must have been a monster. I'm surely they had a good reason. They're trained officers. Surely he had a good reason to fire seven shots into the back of, of that man with his keys in, in the, inside the van. And people, I try to understand it. I try to meet people where they are. I just had a conversation with the pastor the other day. And he said, you have to meet people where they are. So this is my attempt of doing that. 
if this was you, yeah. how would you feel if you're trying to break up a fight between, I'm assuming, two people in your family, the police get called, uh-huh. and then they kind of look at you because that's the way they look at things. How would you feel uh-huh. if you have your kids and your family out there and police already have their weapons drawn? Because that's one thing I really want to point out later on in this show is, uh, and shout out to Isaiah Smith, you know, what he's doing to get people more involved in guns and gun safety is extraordinary. And I hope that's a huge mm-hmm. success. Please go to his page and, and uh, support and see what he's trying to accomplish there. I think it's really good. Um, we talk about, no, we talk about, no. there you go. we talk about for, for shooting, right? One of the four, there are four rules in shooting. One of the biggest ones is don't train your weapon or aim your weapon at anything that you're not willing to destroy. I've had some training yeah. myself. We were always taught, use our voice. Voice doesn't work. Pull your um, your non-lethal weapon, which would be taser or, or, or a pepper spray or something like that. If that fails, then yeah. your weapon is drawn to a low ready. And what a low ready means is that you draw your weapon and you're aiming at the person's feet. If you feel like you're in real danger, you're supposed to seek cover first and continue to use your voice. And we'll put some videos up of some training simulations and, and what they're actually trying to uh, tell these police officers to do and how this person, didn't he didn't do any of that. If you see the video, they're walking around the car with their weapon pointed at him. There's no weapon. He's got, I think, mm-hmm. a tank top on and some shorts. They didn't see a weapon. So my thing is... They aimed at this person, which means they were willing to destroy him, according to the the four uh, gun safety rules. And then they kept that thing yeah. trained on him and didn't try any de-escalation tactics. Like, what was the using your voice? What hey. was the takedowns? Where were all these all these other training things that you had in your arsenal? Why not use that? Why keep hey. your guns pointed on this person hey. and waiting for a reason to use them? Mm-hmm. All right, so what are your thoughts on that? So he has a weapon trained on him. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Gail, I'm going to tell you like this, man. To me, that officer in his mind, let me, re- let me rephrase. He had his mind set up. He had his mind made, better yet, when he got out at that call that he was going to do some harmless damage to this kid. He already had his mind made up. You're not going to tell me that he didn't. Because the guy was not resisting. Basically, he walked away and said, I broke up the fight, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't end the fight, so you can't arrest me. He didn't go at them cops. He didn't try to attack none of them. He was just well, I'm going to push back just leave. a little bit, Dean. He had his kids in the car. So that- Hang on. So one thing, there's a lot of information that we don't have. The per- like the situation yeah. that led up to that already happened. And the neighbor across the street like saw the cops saw the uh, heard all the noise and they started recording at that point so we don't know right now there's a yeah. thing where they're trying to well, block uh the, the kids from testifying saying they're too young and to really know what happened and what's going on they didn't have any um body cameras even though their budget says they have room for it so for whatever reason they don't have them um and then of course i'm sure the sisters and the cousin the family members the adults that were there are going to be willing to testify but all that is going to be one of those things of like, of course, they're going to say these things, their family and friends, right? But what I don't want this show to, to do is to speak about the mind of someone else without any sort of backup. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm no, no, you're fine. So 
all that aside, we got to look at what he actually did and then try to judge his actual actions from what little we, we see. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, I just, it, it, man, it, you lost words at this point, you know? Mm. Like how, how many more, and I said this at the beginning, how many more we got to see, I got to go through this before something's done, man? We, I'm tired of seeing it, bro. I'm I'm really tired of seeing it, man. It just er, earlier this year, man. We just had George Floyd. Mm. Man, you got this Blake kid, and you know, uh, shout out to Donald Mitchell, man. He actually donated uh, some money to his family to help out with his surgery and everything. Um, I think Giannis did too, because you know it's it's, it's Wisconsin. Mm. It's right there where they from. Mm-hmm. But we don't even want to get there, man. We you know. Uh, black men, we're human beings too. You know, every we're not all bad. Right. And the ones that is bad, we don't know what they went through to get there. Whew. It's something called talking and counseling. Right. We, we, we're human beings too. We're not no damn animals. And I'm far from racist. Far from it. You know it. People know it. Far from it. But yet again, right is right and wrong is wrong. And they, this is wrong. I'm glad he did not die. I, I am so glad he did not die. But a lot of a lot of other stuff happened to him. He would never use the bathroom the same. It'll be interesting. You know? It's gonna be. He, he, I'm sorry. Go ahead. He he'll never live the same life that he just lived. And even though even if his family do seek out and win a lawsuit and get it, it's still not the same. You know, we we don't know what it is not to walk and. Not to use a body mm-hmm. part because we got all about we as in um, for those of y'all listening we as in the able body so myself and Dean we as the able body yeah. no matter what color you are if you able and got all your all your limbs and functioning I don't care what color I, I, I'm not I'm, I'm I'm sorry I'm not meaning it's just the one race this is everybody you got both hands both feet and you can use them we don't know what it is not to walk and to have that and it get took away from you like right. that you never in your mind would have thought that. You never in your mind would have thought that. You know, um, I don't know what it is to be like that. I, I deal with it, though, because my daughter can't use her hand. And that that, that she, um, and I, don't, I don't know if it bothers her, but you can tell there's something she want to do and she can't. Mm. And, I, and, you know, I, I can see the look in her eyes, and it, it, sometimes it'll get to her. So we, we don't know. Don't know what it is to be like it. Absolutely. And to be walking at four twenty and at four thirty, you paralyzed. It's life changing. I don't care how much money you get or whatever. Mm. Like I said, if they win a lawsuit, it still ain't gonna be the same. Right. I'm I'm pretty sure he must rather have his legs back. And this was senseless. This was senseless. And I mean, I'm I know this is a deep show today for me and Mr. Gale, but we gotta get this off the chest. This is a senseless act of violence. Well, so it, it could have been other. It could have been other ways to handle that than shooting this guy seven times in the back. There's no, no, no need for it. So, going back to the NBA, you got a lot of people that are saying things like, uh, "I don't want to get too much into that." So, when they do, when people are protesting. Any protest, I'm talking about any race, you think about the LGBTQ plus community, any protest, this idea of like where they're making everybody feel uncomfortable. I came here to watch a game. What are they doing? It's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. 
that's a small snippet of whatever group that is protesting is feeling here in this great country. You're su it's supposed to be a little upset. It's supposed to be a shock to the system and like, hey, what's going on? And it's supposed to make you think a little bit. So the NBA, even before they yeah. open this season in the bubble, there are a bunch of talks about how are we going to together protest as a league. So they did the kneeling thing in the, uh, on the first day. They had the guy, um, I think it's John Baptiste from the Late Night Show with Stephen Colbert. They had him show up, and he did a, a crazy uh, rendition of, um, of, what do you call it, the, the national anthem. You know, he put some Jimi Hendrix in there with the guitar. He had the piano. I mean, it was it was great. Uh, so the plane had a lead about, okay, how we can allow them to protest. But I feel like they're still not understanding and listening because they didn't have a plan to where, okay, what happens if another unarmed black person gets killed? What about another unarmed black person getting paralyzed? What about if the militia, you know, all these different contingency plans. So just to give you an idea, the NBA had for this COVID, it has a hundred page uh, COVID-19 kind of a prepared plan, a hundred pages. Yeah. They also have this thing, I think it's called um, the disaster draft. So if y'all remember that movie based on a true story where you had basically the whole team of Marshall coming from traveling back from a game and there was a plane crash, coaches, players, trainers, everyone on yeah. that plane gone. And so they had to kind of just throw a, a quick team together to go on with their season. Well, the NBA has a, a disaster plan just in case, say, a team is traveling back, you know, Lord willing, don't happen, knock on wood, all that stuff. Uh, they're traveling back from an away yeah. game, and that plane crashes. Well, they have a contingency plan for that. No one had an idea of what to do if the unarmed black person was killed or maimed or whatever, and there had to be a, a flash sort of a protest. So mm -hmm. this, is, this is what I'm looking at the NBA. Like, uh, all the great things that they do, I feel like people still aren't listening. They want to make it about this thing or the third or they're being selfish or they're doing this for attention, all that kind of stuff. But I'm not seeing that. I, I don't understand how we can look at a film like that or the films that are, the videos that are coming out on social media and just say, ah, oh, they're blown yeah. out of proportion. Oh, that's just one or two cops, right? When the, the numbers are very clear. Mm -hmm. um, huh. It's it's one of those, and we gotta give a shout out to the WNBA too, man. Absolutely, you know we just saying NBA, WNBA. We gotta give a shout out to the to the to the women of the WNBA because uh, they're doing their part on on it too. Right. So you know it ain't just NBA. Uh, give a shout out to the WNBA too. Well, if you look across the different leagues, so WNBA, um, NHL even had their version of it. MLB, um, all the sports are kind of coming together. MLS, MLS, MLS. Yeah. So, yeah, so you have the athletes and you have regular citizens that are saying, like, man, this is kind of messed up and something definitely needs to change. So why hasn't it? Hmm. You know, what, what what do you think about that in your opinion? Yeah, you know, and, and that's a good question. That's a good question that we've been that we've been asking for a while. Right. Why the hell ain't nothing changed, man? What is it going to take to change? Is change going to happen? Will it happen in our lifetime? Right. And what I mean by that, like, Right now, our lifetime, I, I don't, you know, I want, I want the change to be done before my kids get to my age that I'm at now. And I'm pretty sure you feel the same. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's the future right there. You know, that's the future, bro. Right. So so we, we want something done and, and some change before then, man. 
it, it could get there. It really could get there, but it's going to take a lot to get there. I'm, I'm going to stay positive um, about it, even though it's a lot of negative, but we got to stay positive. Absolutely. And put in your mind that, that it's going to get there. Some way, some form, somehow, it's going to get well, there. Well, going back to um, going back to Colin Kaepernick in that protest, right? He sat yeah. over on the sidelines, and a couple of people asked him, why are you sitting? He told them. Right, he quietly did this every single game. Peacefully did this, was not hurting anyone, and so he talked to people who felt like I mean, he talked to vets and others who felt like that was disrespectful for him to sit during the national anthem. So they had this conversation. Mm-hmm. He had this conversation with all these different vets, and they told him basically, you know what, you know how someone gets hurt in your sport, and everyone who plays this game understands that we are all out here putting ourselves at risk. So everyone on both sides kneels down to show respect and to highlight that, like, man, this yep. game is dangerous. I hope you make it. Now, you could have been trying to hit each other in the nuts two plays ago, but a man goes down, everybody takes a knee as a sign of respect. So they tell the guy, how yep. about do that? That can bring attention to you. It's respectful. And then hopefully people will start to pay attention to your actual cause, which is the killing of unarmed black people. The killing of unarmed people, period. Yep. But what people need to understand is that I'm going to talk about my experience. I'm going to talk about people who look like me. That does not mean I'm discounting anybody else's struggle. You know, there's this there's yeah. this uh, thing that gets thrown out every time. Well, look at this statistic. More black people kill black people than anybody else. Yes, that's true for every race. So let's just set that to the side. You know? Uh, well, mm-hmm. the police got a dangerous job. 48 police officers were killed last year 48 let that sink in how many of these footage how many of these films have we seen of unarmed black people you know just in the last what half a year so far yeah it is a dangerous job and like i said it's not all police officers so that's why i really want to look at the macro versus the micro which is why does this happen why, when it happens, do these guys get shuffled around to different departments, go on an administrative leave, and then come back, right? You may do something in L.A. and then show up in, uh, was it Kenosha or wherever it was in, in Wisconsin? Why does that allow? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on, like, what we can actually do? Like, why is this happening and what we can actually do in order to fix something like this? What we can actually do, it starts at the head of the police. Um, and what I mean uh, by that, like your chief of police. Mm. Man, you got, to, you got to check the background of these guys that you're hiring, man. They got any type of racial, anything on their social media, uh, from their past when they was kids. I don't think you should hire them as cops mm. because it's in them. It's in them. And a lot of these guys have that in them. Might have been in the past, some stuff, you know, that they were mad at. And when they put that blue uniform on with that badge, that's their way of, I can get back at this, this certain race for some shit. Now I can get back at them and possibly get away mm. with it. So it started at the top of the hiring. 
they got to do extensive background checks on these guys that they hire. You just can't hire the fielders and positions because you low on manpower. No, because that's why we're in the situation that we're in. Because a lot of these guys, now that it's coming out and you go back and people bringing out their history, mm. a lot of them got racial history. But if you think about this, you know, you, you, you know what I'm saying? That's important that you said just now because you need bodies in those positions, right? Like, yeah. I see this you guy's do. got a little blip. I'm not saying we don't need him. No, no, I, no, I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing with you here. I'm, I'm saying that in the minds of the people who are hiring police officers, right, there are background checks. There are, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole academy that, that you have to go through to be uh, eligible to become an officer. And then sometimes they let a lot of stuff slide because of the simple fact that we need police officers on the streets. Yeah. We need them. Yeah. Like, yeah. But so that means we got to find a way to hire better, make the job seem more appealing, which means money and legislation. Now, just to give you an idea of kind of what police officers are allowed to, um, of why they're possibly allowed to do and get away with some of the stuff that they do. Uh, Supreme court basically says you can discharge your weapon. If there's a reasonable fear of death makes sense to me, right? Even as a civilian or gun owner, if I'm walking down the street and I see, excuse me, if I see someone approach me uh, aggressively or they're pulling their weapon, then yeah, that seems like a reasonable amount of uh, fear of, of of your own death, right? Yeah. So the question then becomes, when you see videos like we saw um, with this guy, I believe his name, what's, what is it, Jacob? I have to get that name, Jacob but what you, what's his name? I think it's Jacob Blake, if I'm not Jacob mistaken. Jacob Blake. Right. Thank you. So what did, I mean, what can, what did those officers see in order to pull the weapons? One, two, make sure they aim their weapon at him while they're shouting out, you know, compliances and things like that. And then three, the one officer who um, actually opened fire, what did he see to make him feel like his death, his life was threatened, right. you know? And a lot of people are going to put it on probably one tying thread to all this stuff, which is color. He's a black dude. He's reasonable size. I don't know what he may do. Just the fact that, that he had his weapon pointed at him walking around the vehicle, that right there could be considered a, a violation. That's a show of force. All right. There's, there's one thing no. that here's one of the rules for policing. Um, so I'm looking at my notes here. So you have to ask three questions. Is there an immediate threat to yourself? Uh, potential reaction? And then what are the reasonable actions that you're allowed to take? And the courts are pretty, uh, so they have this thing like the 21 foot rule. Cause a lot of people out there are gonna be saying it's just a knife versus five officers with a gun. Well, there is a rule that says that if someone is within 21 feet of you, if the suspect is within 21 feet of you, that they, like they've done some research on this and even a regular person who's not, you know, Deion Sanders or Sidney Dean, they can get to you before you can get your <laughs> weapon out, aim properly and shoot. So if they get within 21 feet, that right there is allow for you to pull your weapon and go to a low ready. And again, low ready just means pointing at the space in front of the suspect. So that means, and your finger is never to be on the trigger unless you're actually willing to pull the trigger. So yeah. with, if you, the person gets within 21 feet, 
You got your weapon out, pointing at the space in front of them, finger off the trigger. Use your voice, use your voice as much as possible. We got a, a video that we'll put a link in the we'll put a link in the comments that you guys can check this out. And it shows this guy just using his voice, using his voice, and the guy visibly has a knife and is threatening this officer on a highway stop. And he's like, you know, voice, 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 voice. The guy comes at him, pow, one shot. And the guy's laying on the ground. He's like, sir, drop the weapon, drop the weapon. Still using his voice. Sir, drop the weapon, drop the weapon, drop the weapon. Right? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. finally backup comes and they're able to get the weapon away from him and everything. So there are so many things wrong with this particular situation and many others like it. Like, why did you have your, your weapon on him? Why did you not, you know, use your voice more? Why did you not use, if the taser didn't work, where was your pepper spray? Uh, if you felt your life was threatened, why did you not seek cover versus tug on his shirt? Like, that's not police procedure to try to hold someone by their shirt. Yeah. Right? Uh, so all these different things uh, that kind of come together to say, why did it, why did you not stop his shots one or two or three or four? Yeah. Why, why did it take seven? Why did the other officers there not do anything? Uh, why did they not shoot? Why were you the only person that felt the need to shoot? All these different questions, you know. No, I have a question. Mm -hmm. To your question, why are they shooting to kill for anywhere? Get life. Whoa, that's a good question. But here it is, because like I said, in my training, we were taught you never shoot to kill as an officer. Never shoot to kill. What you are taught is to aim center mass. Because you're trying to get through the front or the back to sever the spinal cord to stop the actions of the suspect. Which always yeah. blew my mind. So this idea of, you know, oh, yeah, I may have hit his heart, his lungs, his stomach, but I was aiming for the spinal cord behind him to stop his actions. I was not shooting to kill. That's the difference. Like the wording in courts and the legislation, the macro that we're talking about. The other thing is, you know, we asked the question, why did you not stop at shot one, two, four, five? You know, how did it get to seven? Well, Supreme, yeah. the Supreme Court found that, it, that scientifically it takes the brain around three seconds to tell your hands to stop doing what they're doing. So what we were taught in our training was to um, get as many rounds off within that time frame, and that should legally cover you. So... I don't know everything about being an officer, but here's what I was taught from, um, it was, well, it was drill sergeant, but then it was actually a detective who goes around training people uh, in weapons training and things like that. So one of the things they tell you is that pulling your gun is absolutely last resort. That's the last thing you do is pull your weapon. And you never pull your weapon unless you actually intend on using your weapon, right? So you do the voice thing, you do a takedown, you do the taser, the pepper spray, and then you pull your weapon at the person's feet. Unless they're on you, right? Then it's just a rocking cock is what they call it. They pull, you pull your weapon and have it up against your side so you can get some shots off to protect yourself. So if, they're, yeah. if they have a knife, if they get within 21 feet of you, you absolutely can use lethal force. So here's my issue with this officer. One... Showing up to a domestic dispute, that's a misdemeanor crime. Weapons should never be out, 
that's why I said we need more information as to what happened for him for them to first tase him, the tase not work, and then them to all have their weapons drawn and not in a low ready at a low ready. Alright, we gotta move on. I don't wanna spend too much more time getting all depressed here. Alright, um, so we got this thing that we like to do where we kinda look at, you know, some things, uh trending topics, um, and we call them tropics. Well, the tropics right now, oh, oh, here we go. Nice little graphic there. The trap, the tropics right now is, of course, Chadwick Boseman dying and the whole Wakanda thing. Do you replace the king, T'Challa? Do you let him sleepily go nope. off? Do you do a other comic book story arc where, like, the sister gets it for a time? Uh, somebody on Facebook had a really good idea. I can't remember who it was. Sorry. But they were talking about, like, hey, alternate time where you got Doctor Strange who can go through all these different multiverses. How about we have this dude go to a, a universe where Killmonger was not separated from his father and he grew up in Wakanda, you know, peacefully and all that kind of stuff. And then something happens to where T'Challa dies or whatever, and then he becomes the um, the next Black Panther. What are your thoughts on that? Oh. <laughs> Black Panther, um. Now, in a way, um, killing Michael B. Jordan off, uh, like say if he if they had made that that he just they fought mm. and he lost and he joined that tribe. Uh-huh. Now having Chadwick die, Michael B. Jordan could have stepped right in to be that that next. I like that for a storyline. But man. now that he died off the show, like think about now that he died off the show, I just think. I just think you just let um, that Black Panther just soul off into the wind, man, because I, I'm, who else can play that part? Uh, a hundred thousand different actors. Now, we do this thing a lot. We're like the Heath Ledger oh, thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we always do this. Heath Ledger dies like, oh, who's going to play the Joker? Another actor. Like, there's been a bunch of them. Now, yeah, but yeah, you, yeah you make a point, but who could play it as good as Heath? If that's the case, if, the, the, the new if guy you're Marvel, here. if you're Marvel and you say that's the case, no one can step into these shoes. All right, Black Panther goes missing, right? There's a storyline in the comic books to where I saw that. <laughs> There's a storyline in the comic books that actually has Daredevil because Black Panther goes missing for a while and Daredevil steps into, no, no, no. Daredevil goes missing for a while, and Black Panther becomes Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen just while he's gone, you know. Uh, so they could do something like that with another superhero. Um, you got the guy who, the Winter Soldier, he could step in and take the mantle, although uh, I don't know if they want an outsider slash white dude who tried to kill, who killed the original Black Panther. I don't know, you know, that's a little rough. But what I'm talking about with the multiverse, there's this thing of like, so Earth, I don't know what number we're supposed to be. Our Earth, there are infinite amounts of Earths, right? Different versions of Earth, right? And Doctor Strange can travel through the multiverse, much like I want to say um, that's kind of what they try to do with Ant-Man, right? But they can travel uh-huh. through these multiverses. So you can find another Earth that looks just like that, just like this does. But it can be one small little difference, right? Like everything happens the way it is, except you wore a gold shirt with a black print on it. 
right? So just one little difference. I got both my head my headphones on. Maybe in another universe, it's off. You know, and I got it pinned back, looking cool like you. <laughs> All right, so look, I gotta shoot. Look, I'm a, I gotta stand up for a minute, bro. I have got to get me a comfortable damn chair. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, I bet y'all fans and stuff. Look, we we totally off track right now. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. I'm not cutting this out the show. I am not cutting this out the show. Listen, this is going in. It's going in. This is great. Hey, look, I bet y'all fans be out there looking at me doing all these movements. Like, what is wrong with him? It's damn Jake. Oh, no. My ass and my back is so far. Oh, my goodness. I just can't with you, man. I just simply can't. I'm here, though. Let's go, man. I'm sorry. Bro. No, no. Don't don't be sorry. You me time I no, down. look. Sorry, don't man. be sorry. I, this is this is going in. And I tell you what. Originally, I was gonna have my producer read this out because she sounds way better than I do. Um, uh, but we're gonna take the time. So we're gonna do challenge of the week. Boom. There's the graphic. Challenge of the week. So don't worry about that T. The T is silent. Uh, we're gonna call them cows for short. All right. You get that? Challenge of the week, but the T is solid. So this week's challenge is in light of this Black Panther thing, the Jacob Blake incident. I mean, even the person who shot um, those protesters, I can't imagine if that was my kid, what would be going through my mind right now, right? So anytime you think of anybody, you just never know what's going to change. You know, like my man said earlier, um... 410 or 420, he's walking around, you know, 430, he's paralyzed, right? If he even makes it, if he even survives this, you know? So in light of that, if anybody crosses your mind, call them, text them, write them a letter, send them a smoke signal, something. Do something to let them know that, hey, you crossed my mind, I just want to say why you're here, I love you, I'm thinking about you, I'm caring about you. So that's the challenge. So all throughout the week. You never know, man. All throughout the week, uh, we want to do that. Now, normally we'll update our polls. But let me tell you about our audience. I don't know if we just put it in the spot in this last minute. Sorry. But we're on Twitter now. Did, hey, did you know that? We're on Twitter now? No, we're, I, no, because I don't even know how to do Twitter. But that's cool, though. That's we're on cool. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and it's Facebook's fault because the Facebook polls are garbage. There, I said it. So, we're, we're on Twitter. You can add us at Gales and Dean. It's G-A-L-E-S, the letter N, and then Dean, D-E-A-N. All one word, no spaces or underscores. Yes, so, if you go on Twitter and add us, you can take a look at our page on Twitter. Look at our polls. Please do the polls. We had a bunch of cool poll questions, and you know, hopefully we can get some going this time as well. Um, so, we would update the polls, but... You know, I think just my wife participated. Oh, that Tom Brady thing last week we were talking about, uh, did you know that Tom Brady had another kid? Like, we had two random people just answer, just because I guess the name Tom Brady was in there. And they must have been searching Tom Brady, and it just kind of clashed. But, yeah, so please check us out on the polls. Uh, And so what we're going to do, because we need to lighten this up just a little bit. Right? You agree? Yeah. I agree. Uh, so we're gonna. We've been. We, we had a heavy show today, man. We had a heavy show. We had yeah. a heavy show. So what? I came across. Oh, I didn't come across it. 
I was talking to some friends of ours. I feel like it was Joy Cole and Sadiq Ziad. Uh, see the name drop there? Boop. So we were having this conversation about love languages. And so it got me interested. There's this book out that is called The Five Love Languages. Uh, I don't have my glasses or my magnifying glass, so I can't even see the author. So basically, if you look up oh, The yeah. Five Love Languages, and we'll put the link right down here in the comments, I encourage everyone to do this little quiz. I told my man here to the left uh, to do it. I'm sorry, my left. You're, you're right. Um, I told him that you'll do it. I did this with my wife. I did this with my kids. And what it does is it really hones in the fact that when you see people, once people know your love language and they see you doing things towards that love language, it feels so intentional. I mean, I, I can't even really put it into words, but I think everyone should do it. And so we're going to do that right here on the show with Mr. Dean there. Uh, going to put me on put spot. Put on the spot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll do the. Let me put my sunglasses on for this. Can't let nobody see my eyes. <laughs> oh, no. Are right, you ready? I'm ready. You ready? Let's get it. All right, so it's yeah. a couple of questions. Let's see. Hey, hey, I look like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I really look like Isaac Hayes right now. Man. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fool, crap. You got the beard the shades. You know, I like it. I like it. I think it's very becoming. All right, so first question. Hey, I know. That's what I'm saying. Isaac yeah. Hayes, baby. I'm going right, to give the people just an idea of what Who it is. is the man? So first question, are you male or female? <laughs> Freaking male. Yeah. All right. Type of question. That's answer, man. Yeah. All right. So, 30. so how old are you? Yeah. Thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five lie. Let me tell y'all something. Sydney was thirty. was thirty-five it, back when we was in in Cox together. So, is it more meaningful to me? Or okay, so for you, is it more meaningful for you to uh, that you receive a loving note, text, email, for no special reason? From your loved one or a hug from your partner? Like, uh, you like the text better. All right. <laughs> your partner unexpectedly does something for you, like uh, filling your car with gas or doing the laundry, or your partner and you touch. Ooh. Probably touch. Ooh. Touch it, feel baby, love it, baby, yeah, yeah. compliment. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's beard, bud. It's good stuff. All right. All right. So we are generating Dean's results here. All right. Physical touch is your primary love language. You got that? Everything is pretty even across the board. Uh, let's see. Words of affirmation is your secondary. Yeah. Access to results in the You and them big damn words, I swear. You killed me with them. No, it's just primary. So your main thing is you like to be physically touched. You know what I'm saying? Your second, close second, is words of affirmation, which is just people saying, give you compliments. It's just Tuesday. You sitting around watching the game. She comes in and says, Hey, I saw that you cleaned out the car, man. I really appreciate that. Appreciate that. Love you. Thank you. Whatever. Right? You really feed off of that type of love. Yeah. 
Well, man, that love language quiz or whatever you want to call it, man, ah, drain my brain a little bit. Yeah. So, man, let me go get myself back right so we can finish the show. All right. Takeover, and I was not lying, son. This is the Willie Joe Kemp takeover. This is my show now, as of right now. And as for I, like I told y'all last week, you check any more buttons? I told y'all, I was gonna take no, it's that dude again. Hey, can you hear me, man? And, and, and I'm taking over. Hold up, yeah. Is this Mr. Kemp? Hell, yeah. Oh, man, just message. Okay. Who would you expect to be? So Hold on. I'm talking to my producer. She's about to get back into this hack job that you're doing over here. Yeah. Try uh, Just go through the whole software. Mean? Look here, son. I told you last week. I, I was talking a long time, so I came to do it myself. There we go. Me and Caroline. So I'm back. I don't know what happened to Dean. Look, sir, I appreciate your tenacity. We can't have you keep doing this, man. We can't have you cutting the show. Wait, Dean's going to be back any right minute, there. and then we got to deal with him. I need you to just relax, man. What's going on? What is tenacity? I don't know what that word oh, is. Look, man. What is that? You're, you got to talk to me. You're over. You, you're, look here. I, look, look. Look, about three weeks ago, right? Yes, sir. About three weeks ago, I, I asked y'all to get me on uh -huh. the show, and you both said we're going to work out something. Then you did not reach out to We're, me. Ain't that what y'all say? Reach out. You did not reach out to me at all. At all. Huh? Neither one of you didn't hear a damn thing from me. So the week after that, I got I snuck my way back on the show, and you said once again, we're gonna reach out to you to get you on uh, the show. Did not reach out to me. Neither I'm one so of sorry. You. So last week, I found a way. Me and my cousin, me and my cousin, uh, uh, Jim Bob back here, we figured out a way to hack into the show, and I took over. Willie Joe Kemp take over. It was a world premiere, and people loved it. So oh man, me and Caroline did that. Well, hey, hey, did you see my bike? Did you see the bike I rode up on? Camouflage. It's, it's very nice, sir. It's very nice. So, what what can I do for you, man? Like, what do you I want know. to talk about? Let's just go ahead and get this out the way. What can you do for me? Hey, oh, well, first of all, first and foremost, brother, this is 2020. Crazy year. We got to talk about voting, man. We got to get people out here to vote, son. We've got to get people. Even though I can look, I got, look, I'm going to have little poles, uh, a little booth set up back in the backwoods. Mm -hmm. If you ain't scared, you can come back in, bro. We got rifles, we got everything. It'd be it'd be protected, man. We gonna have chickens on the roast, pig on the roast. We gonna have all type of uh, desserts right. and everything. So it'll be a safe place to come and vote. And we gotta get people out to vote, man. We gotta change this craziness in 2020. Okay. And for 2021 through on, we gotta turn it into good things. Well, listen. And I'm telling you, look here, look here. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I thought about it. Mr. Willie Joe Kemp himself might run for president. Whoa. I might do it. I'm gonna turn the whole camouflage, buddy. 
Me and Caroline, of course. Oh, hey, Caroline. Yeah, so, you know what? I wasn't sure. I'll be honest with you, Mr. Kim. I wasn't sure about having you on the show. I didn't know what you were going to talk about or do, but voting is really, that's a really good idea. Matter of fact, we'll put a link down here in the comments so you can check right now, go into the site and check to see if you're registered. If you're not registered, you can get registered. Because I I agree with Mr. Kim that voting is serious. Real quick, too. Real quick. Real serious. And and I'm telling you what, we're going to make a change. We're going to make that. We, look, we're definitely going to make change back in the backwoods. Mm. And it all comes with the vote 2020, son. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you believe in. Just get out there and vote. Just do and it. do it quick, fast, and in a hurry, son, because we got to turn this craziness in 2020 into a positive into 2021, son. But anyway, we off the voting. Let's talk about me getting on this damn show for good. I don't want to have okay. to take well, Okay, well, okay. Let's do this. And y'all didn't want me to get on the show. What the hell is going okay. on? Okay. No, no, no. Mr. Kip, hang on, Mr. Kip. Hang on, Mr. Kip. Hang on, Mr. Kip. We'll do a little trial right now. What do okay. you think? You ready? Let's so go. I had I had this topic for for Dean, but I can definitely ask you. So I hear a lot of people talk about, especially in our community, the black community, that voting doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't count. They've already made decisions. All this kind of stuff. Here's the point that I had that I was going to try to make with Dean. Uh, for one, um, if something is that heavily guarded, i.e. you got people getting hung and burnt and tortured to stay out of voting, people got beat, then it turned to Jim Crow laws and then voter suppression, all these things to keep you from voting, doesn't that make it a little bit valuable? Don't that make you at least curious as to why they're working so hard to keep people, especially black people, from voting? Hey, look here, son. Look here. I don't know what about none of that because I'm a black country guy my damn self. So it, it don't really matter. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get out here and we're going to do that voting stuff and we're going to take care of everything that it is. Get your asses out there and damn vote in 2020. Mm. I don't care what color you is. Hell, I'm a black countryman from the backwoods everybody and we're back here barbecuing roasting yeah. and we're doing it everything it don't matter what race you are we just got to get something done for 2020 it's been a crazy year so let's get out here and everybody get together kumbaya together and let's <laughs> vote get this took care of son and then after we vote you know what we're gonna do we're gonna get some of this shine right here me and caroline and we're gonna drink and we're gonna party buddy but i'm telling you what son is it too late is it too late for me to get in the running for the president i don't know well you can always do like a write-in candidate but traditionally all that does is cut the vote of somebody more viable that you would have voted for but so here's a stat what is your kill and you've been around for a long time so you tell me if this seems true to you now i've did a little research there'll be some links down in the comment you can take a look at but traditionally, black people have showed up three times to vote. And that has been during the Martin Luther King era. That has been during term one for Barack Obama and then the second term for Barack Obama. So for people to say that voting doesn't matter, you kind of need to, I was just telling them to give it a try. Like let's every, this, this voting cycle, everybody go out and vote. And let's just see if something something changes for the better or stays the same. Then I feel more, I, I think I feel better about hearing people say, well, I don't want, see, I tried to vote Gales, 
black people turned out 100%, nothing changed. So there, you know, at least give the effort. What are your thoughts on that? Hey, look here, man. Every every point you made is a good damn point. And, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you none. I'm not disagreeing with you none, man. Uh, everything Gail's just said right there, it, it, it makes perfectly good sense. And it's all facts. So that's why we get out there and do it. I got to cut the subject real quick, man. I'm going to tell you two things don't match sun and moonshine. That's why I'm out here sweating. I got to dab a little bit because we're alive. So I don't really want to, I don't really want to, you know, wipe the sweat away. So I got to dab. But everything you just said about the bone sun, I'm telling you, look, it makes sense. All right. Well, hey, I really appreciate you. 2020, everybody, I don't care what color you are, what your beliefs, you get out there and vote. We got to make a change. One nation. Under damn God, son. And that's how it's going to be. That's the only way we're going to get a change in this thing. You know what I'm right. saying? From the country to the suburbans to the rich to the poor. That's the only way we're going to do it. We got to get out and vote. I agree. You know what? This isn't, this isn't so bad, man. I know. I really appreciate you stopping by. I really appre- would appreciate if you would not ever hack into our show again. Now, I'm going to talk to Dean, and then we'll see what we can do. Um but yep. see, oh, see, I caught Mr. Dean, this him going back Let me tell you what, he's doing it again. Yeah, I can hang you doing it again. Like, you ain't got to talk about nothing, show. Dean. I'm going to tell you like this. Look here, buddy. If I want to be on this damn show, 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 I'm going to be on this show. I ain't nobody going to I don't know stop. why you keep coming in every week. Last week, you took over. You took over our damn show. Well, I'm good I didn't know what the hell was going on. Me and Jeremy, all the sadness and shit coming up. Me and my cousin. And here come your country ass out there. We're going to have some things with it. I ain't no damn show. I'm going to be Backwoods. I can't even go to the backwoods. I'm gone, buddy. See, I'm on the show. 